Welcome to the HR Insider Podcast, where we interview some of today's top HR reps and human resource experts. It's time to elevate your human resource mindset. Welcome to another episode of HR Insiders. Today, I'm joined by Angie Mills out of Fort Worth, Texas, where she's an HR professional at a fast-growing company. Angie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, David? Doing great, doing great. Well, hey, um, I am so excited to have you on and to talk about generational diversity in the workplace. Uh, This is a fascinating topic, and everyone's talking about it or talking over each other, and so I'm really fascinated to hear about why you know, you want to talk about this and why this is valuable. So let's start there. And you, why do you believe or how have you seen generational diversity to be valuable in the workplace? Thanks, David. So I think that it's, it's very valuable. Um, I think first, let me back up to why I want to talk about it. I, I see a lot of workers in the, the more experienced generation uh, looking down on the the workers in the newer generation, so so say baby boomers and Gen Xers, um, looking at millennials in a negative way, and then vice versa, millennials thinking that baby boomers should all just retire, they don't, we don't need them anymore, and and, and that sort of thing. And and I am in the Gen X workforce and I have three daughters that are all in the millennial workforce. And so I'm at least seeing it from two different generations. And and I can see why all the different age groups are valuable and important. And I don't feel like people try to see or understand that and don't try to to appreciate each other. They just like I'm in this group and and we're awesome and we don't really need the rest of you, but we really need like every, every age group is important because of the, the, the education that they have, the experience that they have uh, with the more experienced generation. They're just their, their life experiences and their work experiences add so much value that millennials don't have yet and and through no fault of their own it's just that they're younger and newer in the workforce but but a lot of them do have like newer educational um uh qualities that you know they're they're learning more about technology that the more experienced generation in the workforce didn't grow up with so so everybody has something valuable to to add and i think that with that diversity in the workplace it just it just benefits the company it benefits the the workers, and I think that a lack of that keeps you in a very small box, and it can really prevent your company from thriving. Um, did that answer your question? <laughs> the Absolutely, long to no, a that question. was that was a great answer. I love it. You know, I think you're right, Angie, and it it feels like it's something that happens just through the course of time. Every generation that's coming into the workforce, uh, you know, has some level of yeah, you guys have been there, done that to the, the current generations in the workforce, but we, we've got some new gumption. We've got some new technology. We've got something different to bring to the workplace. And it causes this, this rift between those that have been there and those that haven't. It, and it, it's interesting to me, Angie, is that it becomes very tribal. And I think that you kind of <laughs> described it that way is like, well, we're, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and 
how Absolutely. odd when when everyone's <laughs> actually in the workplace to learn and get better from one another and to help push you know nonprofits and for profits forward i mean it's really moving the the ball forward for everyone so yeah it's fascinating okay one of the things that we talked about offline was you kind of had like a list of things that you wanted to talk through. I would love it if you shared some of those because I loved what you shared with me about those. Uh, if you kind of dive into those for our audience so they can uh, hear some of the things that you, you put together. Sure, that would be great. I want to explain the the four generations that are in the workforce right now, um, the, the age group that they're in. So the years they were born between and and some common traits with each generation. And I just want to note in advance that this is all just generally speaking, everybody isn't exactly like um, the the description that I'm giving. It's it's not hard and fast. There's always shades of gray, but generally speaking, this is how you could define each generation. So the the silent generation, also known as builders, those are people that were born between 1927 and 1945. Most of those people are retired now, but there is still a small percentage in the workforce. Some common traits with those people are they are they value hard work. They're very company loyal. They respect authority. They like formal recognition, and they prefer hierarchy at work. The next generation below them would be the baby boomers, which were people born between 1946 and 1964. A lot of those workers are retired now or will be retiring soon, but they, they do still make up a substantial percentage of the workforce. Some common traits with them would be their strong work ethic. They can be called workaholics, some of them, a lot of them. They value teamwork and achievement. They live to work rather than work to live and are very company loyal but also somewhat inflexible and resistant to change. And they think that millennials are on the side of lazy and entitled. Generation X or Gen Xers, which I'm in, are people born between 65 and 82. We have quite a ways to go until retirement and make up a major chunk of the workforce. Some common traits, we aim for work-life balance have a lack of company loyalty, like ongoing feedback, embrace change, and prefer informality, prefer working independently rather than in teams. And millennials, also known as Generation Z or Gen Z, are people born between 1983 and 2001, and they make up a pretty big part of the workforce already. Some common traits with them would be that they are immersed in social media, they're globally conscious, they prefer meaningful work. They like workplace flexibility. They're connected basically 24 seven and they plan to change jobs every two to four years or so. And I have noticed in recent years that it seems to be becoming a craze, especially with tech companies in particular, to hire all of the quote unquote fresh college grads while edging out the more experienced workers. And a lot of these type of companies are setting up shop near major universities and campaigning at college job fairs and just trying to like grab all these um, young workers, uh, you know, and, and get them into their workforce. And 
while it is important to hire workers from younger generations like the millennials and the iGen, which is the next generation coming up behind the millennials, it's also important to have workers that have been around longer in the workforce like the baby boomers and Gen Xers. The more experienced workers bring with them more life experience and work experience and, of course, job-related knowledge, skills, and abilities than someone fresh out of college typically has just by virtue of the fact that they have been around longer in the workforce. And we need that. That's valuable and important. We do also need the younger generation of workers as well who have been learning about all the newest and latest and greatest technology as well as learning new and updated information in all other areas of work. So they're they're learning a lot of textbook knowledge, which is important, um, whereas the more experienced workers, they're not necessarily running off textbook knowledge at this point. It's more based on their work experience. And, the you know, the technology is changing so fast. College grads usually know their way around tech tools pretty well. Like, I substituted for second grade um, classes a few times recently. And even the second graders, they were using touchscreen laptops and iPhones. I even had this one little second grader ask me why my phone was so small. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So, you know, the the younger people, they're being raised on technology tools and instruments and, and such, and it's a way of life for them. And that's great. The only downside to that is you can tell they would be lost without, without all of their gadgets. Um, so, so all, all of their, their tech technological tools are great. Um, they just kind of would be lost without them. So, uh, and just something to keep in mind. Uh, and, and I can tell you like from experience that when, when these millennials come in handy, so I, I mentioned, I think I mentioned, I have three daughters in the millennial age group. If I'm trying to learn how to do something on my iPhone and I'm having a hard time and I, I just don't want to spend all day trying to figure it out. I just call one of my daughters, honestly, and I'll ask them, how do I do blah, blah, blah. And they just laugh at me like, Oh mommy, just do this. Da da da. You know, they or like the, if you're trying to use your smart TV and the remote control, it's like complicated and there's all these buttons. I just will hand it to somebody that's, you know, like 20 or under (laughs) And be like, hey, can you do such and such? And they always know how. So, so they're they're really helpful and valuable in that way. Yes. Okay. So, so do you have any questions? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm Angie. I'm made of questions. <laughs> okay. So you've got uh, these different generations that are interacting within the workplace, and something that I've heard <laughs> is, you know, for each generation, there was a way that things were done so uh you know i know of a client that has a huge range i mean literally they have all four generations in the workplace right now and someone from the oldest generation that's working was uh, a gatekeeper of information and there was someone that was a millennial one of the youngest and literally Mm -hmm. they're in this meeting and this guy goes, uh, this millennial says, hey, I, um, you know, tell me about this subject. Tell me about what that is. And the guy, the old guy in the room, it's always the old guy, right? He goes, yeah, uh, yeah you, don't, you don't need to know that information. She goes, okay, I'll just Google it. And he thought that that was yeah. the most disrespectful thing 
ever. I mean, just looked at her like, are you kidding me? Because in his in his experience and in his mentality, if you don't need to know it, then you don't need to know it. And she's like, oh, oh if you don't tell me, that's fine. I'll figure it out. So how, how do you navigate some of those really interesting, sticky situations? How do you go about figuring out how to honor everyone's experience, Angie? Yeah, that that is very tricky. Um, I can tell you, like with with my daughters, since they're millennials, I I, I can I have a lot of experience um, helping them just to understand that uh, I we we all when we were younger thought that we knew everything and we we didn't. We didn't need the the older generation or the older adults in our lives to. We, we just felt like we didn't didn't really care like what they had to say or, or what they thought about things because we knew it all. And and I try to teach them to you know you just need to res, respect. You want people to respect you at, at the age that you're at and and your um, place in life right now. You want you want everyone to respect you and to respect your opinion and and your brain, your your, your knowledge and, and your thoughts. But you need to also offer that same respect to other people. You can't just say, oh, my way of thinking or my way of doing it is the only way. You have to also consider everyone else has an opinion just like you. And 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 you can think this way and they can think that way. And it doesn't mean anybody's wrong. And we don't have to say you're you're right or whatever, but just to try to value the opinions and thoughts of everyone around you, not just yourself. And so in the workplace, it's really the same thing. I mean, um, I even have to, you know, sometimes make a, a conscious effort. So I'm I'm like smack dab in the middle. I've got I've got workers a lot um, more experienced than me. And then I've got the, the younger ones as well. And you just have to try to, I mean, just like in life, you just have to try to treat people the way you would want to be treated and don't treat someone that's been around longer. Uh, like you don't need them anymore or what they think doesn't matter because you know, more technology, or you know, like we, we can Google everything and find everything out. And then the, you know, just like with the younger people, it's great. I think it's great that they can just Google. Every, in fact, I've been teaching my mom that she's a baby boomer. And, and, and it's funny now, like if we're talking about something and we don't know, she'll be like, she's going on 70. She'll be like, oh, I'll just Google it. And I love it. I'm like, that's great, mom. Because when, when they were growing up, they couldn't just Google things. Um, the, but you know the the younger people they also need to understand that the baby boomers and the the builders they didn't have all this technology so uh, you know they had to work a little harder to get the knowledge uh, they couldn't just Google it uh, I think there just needs to be try to be try to understand where um, each generation is coming from and and understand why they think the way that they do and just try to appreciate it. And I don't know. Um, did I answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So let, I think you did is the first, is the first answer. So let me ask you this, Angie. So yeah. you've got uh, 
this experience in the workplace and you have uh, innovation in the workplace, right? And so uh, based on- That's a great way to put it, thank you. Yeah, and, and, and neither one is better than the other. They're both equally valuable. So I think you've outlined some really good ways for experienced people to ex- to gain some of the innovation. Uh, you know, you've given some good examples of that with your with your daughters. Um, what are some ways that the innovators, the people that are younger, can soak up the experience? How are some me- do you have some methods that you know you're implementing in your workplace or that you've seen implemented? that that's um, being effective? Sometimes it's helpful um, in the workplace if you can assign the more experienced workers as mentors to the newer workers. And in every company, it's going to be different depending on what you do, uh, what, what, what your business is in. But almost always having a mentor, um, you know, from the more experienced generation kind of coach and um, help along um, a newer member into the workforce, that can be really helpful. And then you just would need to make sure that both parties are clear, the mentor and the mentee, to have a mutual respect for each other so that it's not the, the more experienced worker, you know, talking down to the, the newer worker like they're, well, the way we've always done it you know, like that's the only good way. And then make sure that the newer worker isn't being dismissive of the more experienced worker. They just need to both respect each other. But the whole mentor model is a great way to deal with that. This episode of HR Insiders is brought to you by PC Housing. PC Housing caters to business travelers and their families by providing tailored temporary housing solutions that are less like a corporate apartment and more like home. With anytime check-in, flexible lease terms, and personalized welcome grocery packages for their guests, PC Housing provides the amenities you need to be at your best. This month only, make a reservation of 30 or more days with PC Housing and receive a $400 American Express gift card. You can take advantage of this great offer by going to our website, hrinsiderpodcast.com. That's hrinsiderpodcast.com. Relax and know PC Housing backs its services with the risk-free PC housing guarantee. If you're not happy, they'll do everything they can to make it right or provide a refund. PC housing, stop searching, start booking. All right, Angie. So if your workplace doesn't have a program of mentoring set up, how would you go about finding that mentor, uh, you know, in a mentor mentee relationship in the workplace? Mm -hmm. The way that, that I think is if, if I, if I haven't done something or I'm not sure how to go about something, I'll always seek out um, guidance from an HR professional with more experience than myself. And so I would probably want to, you know, get some information on like, okay, how, how can I set this program up at work? And then in the workplace um, I would take that information, but then I, I don't think you can force people into a mentor mentee relationship. But I think that I would probably have meetings at work and see who from each generation would be interested in, in getting involved and participating in that sort of um, arrangement. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Angie, is there anything else that you think is valuable to tell our listeners about um, generational diversity in the workplace? Yes. Um, 
as far as like the the legal aspect of it, um, I did I did want to kind of touch on that. So not only is it important um, for the the growth of the company and, and to the benefit of all of your employees, if you have that diversity, there's also potential um, legal issues because if you only hire millennials and you're like phasing out the older generations, you can open yourself up to age discrimination. And there actually are um, federal laws prohibiting that. So like the ADEA, the Age Discrimination and Employment Act, protects employees age 40 and over from being discriminated against. And then, of course, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, they they actually refer to age discrimination as employment's open secret. And that's kind of like what we touched on earlier, like nobody's really talking about making sure that we have age diversity in the workforce. We're all talking about racial diversity, you know, diversity based on gender and and those sorts of things. But age diversity is like a secret that um, exists that nobody wants to talk about. Um, and, and a lot of times people in companies tend to think that discriminating based on age is somewhat acceptable. And I've actually um, been touched by age discrimination, um, even though I have some very valuable experience and education. Um, I am in the over 40 age group. And so I have seen how companies do that. And it's not a fight that I personally myself um, have chosen to take on, but it can be an issue. Um, so I would just caution companies, not, not only is it gonna benefit your company to have that diversity, and, and you probably have to make a point of having that diversity, um, you want to protect your company from getting in trouble legally too. And, and just, you know, make sure that the people in your company that, that conduct interviews for new hires, make sure that they know that they can't ask questions that would indicate someone's age. Like you, you can't ask questions like, Oh, what year did you graduate high school? Because if we do the math, <laughs> we can figure right. out somebody's age. You know, and you and you can't ask. There, there are a lot of inappropriate questions, but you know, um, asking when. Well, I love it. You know, if if an application says the year that you graduated college, well, I just got my bachelor's degree a couple of years ago. So if they're going to go by that, then they might think I'm a lot younger than I am. But then again, if they're looking at it for that for that reason, um, that is kind of discrimination. Whenever, whenever you have to put down. So if, if you're asking someone if they have a bachelor's degree, because that's a requirement, um, or a master's degree, if you're asking them when they graduated with their college degree, that's still a form of discrimination because it's not the same as high school because you could have gone to college at any phase in life. But generally speaking, they're assuming that you went like right after high school. So they're they're still trying to figure out how old you are. And honestly, I, I've... I've been doing work in the HR field for about 10 years and, and I've spent probably five of that doing recruiting. And, and I know that if a job that I'm trying to fill, they require someone with a bachelor's degree for whatever reason, some jobs do require a college education some don't, but if one does, 
it doesn't really matter when they got their degree. If they're, if I'm looking for a CPA and they're always going to be required to at least have a bachelor's degree, it doesn't really matter if they got that degree 20 years ago or last year. And so it's really inappropriate to ask questions like that because any, anytime you ask a question, the answer that you're given, the assumption is that you're using that information to base your hiring decision. And so if there's any trace of age in indirectly being figured out, then it can, if, if someone didn't get a job, they, they can kind of assume that maybe it had something to do with their age. So not only um, the, the, the legal aspect, the, you know, how it benefits the company, you need to kind of take a look at all the different sides of the topic. Well, and I think it's interesting, Angie, to, to be honest and transparent with you and our listeners. I always find uh, when people do or it looks like there's some age discrimination, that that is absolutely um, stunning to me from an employer standpoint, because who do you want? Ultimately, you want the best candidate out there, right? And so, uh, you know, Absolutely. if they're qualified for the position, then you should have them. Now, there's a question of, is someone too qualified? <laughs> uh, is someone, because okay. this is really an entry-level position and they don't have entry-level experience, right? Or is this um, someone that's not qualified enough? But to your point, Angie, I mean, it's a if they're not qualified enough, is that a degree issue, right? Like, what is mm-hmm. that an experience issue? What is that? And so, if you're just going based off the parameters and not looking at, you know, how quote unquote old they are, it's more about, hey, is is this person a good fit? Are they going to help us get where they need to go? And if you're asking a question of anything outside of that, then you're in the wrong space. <laughs> right. right. I mean, it's just, it's, that's, it's crazy. That's, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, when you're when you're looking for candidates, it that's exactly it. it. It should be, are they a good fit for this job? And maybe they're not, but it definitely shouldn't have anything to do with their age. And I think that if we would take off the age lens and look at workers based on their experience, knowledge, skills, and abilities, we would see why we need a representation from all the generations in the workforce because they all have something positive and beneficial to offer. And, and we really just need to not look at it through age. And, and we need to, in, in the workforce, we need to encourage all the generations. Now, the Gen Xers being smack dab in the middle, it maybe isn't as big of a, a difference. Um, but if you're looking like from millennials to the baby boomers, we need to encourage them to appreciate each other and to and to not um, just look look for fall because they're they're looking they're probably part of it is they're looking at each other like competition like the right. the more experienced generation is looking at millennials like oh they're just trying to take my job um, and and so it's like a competition thing and and the millennials are like they're fresh out of college and in, in college you get get the misperception that you're going to be able to graduate and become the president of a company. And so you don't think you have to start out at the bottom of the totem pole, but you do. So you, 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 because, because you can have a lot of book experience and that is really important, but you also need to have the work experience, which in most um, college degrees, you don't necessarily get that in college unless you're, you know, doctor or something and you're actually practicing in a lab. But, but generally speaking, you don't get a lot of the actual work experience. You just get the book knowledge 
and that's important, but you still generally have to start at the bottom and work your way up. So it, it shouldn't really be a competition thing. People in the, in the baby boomer generation should be looking for um, succession planning. Like who, who is going to be the, who's going to be able and willing to take my place when I retire and to do a really good job at it. And, and the millennials should be looking at the, the more generation that the baby boomers and the Gen Xers like, hey, what can you teach me to help me be really good at my job? Because I, I just got out of college and I know how to use every techno technological tool known to man. But what can you show me to help me do as good a job as you've been doing or you've done? Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, Angie, thank you so much for taking the time to stop by and have a chat with us. I really appreciate it. I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you and get more information or just chat with you more about this, what would be a good way for them to do that? Um, my my best email to reach me is talentscout48 at iCloud.com. And they can look me up on LinkedIn. I'm under Angie Mills and they'll see i don't know there's a few angie millses but um i mine under my name it says hr professional and author of the book run for your life so that'll <laughs> narrow it down i love it i love it well angie thank you again for taking the time and uh really appreciate it i appreciate you having me this was a lot of fun good